0: This is Delphi, and as you can see, it's a huge archaeological site. In fact, other than the Acropolis in Athens, this is the most visited site in all of Greece. And what was it devoted to? This exists because of that temple right there. It's the Temple of Apollo. People would literally travel from around the world to come so that they might get a word from God because inside that temple was a female oracle. She sat over an opening into the earth where, where methane came out and she would literally go into kind of a hypnotic trance and people so strongly believed that she was hearing from God that, that they gave significant offerings and sacrifices so that they might know their future, so they might know what God's plan was for them. They were allowed to ask a question, and the oracle would give an answer if their offering was big enough. And obviously, it was a successful venture. I mean, all of this on a mountain was built through those offerings. And the truth is, every single one of us has desire to know what's right and what's wrong in our lives, what we should do and shouldn't do, and what God has planned for us. And the good news for Christ followers is that God's given us his word. I mean it's as easy as simply now opening it up and investing in it and i'm challenged by this people came from around the world to listen to this tranced up oracle what am i willing to do to simply open the bible and hear from god about my life what are you willing to do In this world, it doesn't take a lot of living to figure out that life is bigger than we are. I mean, life comes with challenges and storms and obstacles and questions that are just just so much bigger than we are or have the capacity to deal with. And, and so life requires that we find something bigger than ourselves. Well, that reality explains a lot about human behavior and human beliefs throughout history. It explains for us many of the bizarre things people have done, often in the name of religion. I've had the privilege of going to a lot of the holy sites around the world and parts of the Holy Land, and I I have to tell you, uh, the cultures that existed before God's people came in and God started revealing himself through them to the rest of the world were crazy practices. I I know when we had the privilege of taking a team of people from Northridge to Israel, we went to a place called Caesarea Philippi. It's the place where Jesus asked the disciples, says, who are people saying that I am? And Peter ultimately said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And on that rock where he took them was built a, a place for religious practices. I mean, all the temples to the different gods were built, and one of the gods was the god of fertility because they knew that they needed fertility for uh, their, their crops to grow, for rain to come, and, and so they developed this god of fertility, and, and the way they would worship this god and, and call upon this god to bring rain and to give them a good harvest was through perverted public sexual parading around town and being performed on this rock where Jesus came and said, Who do you say that I am? And I just went, Why did people do such bizarre stuff? I can't explain the specifics, but I can explain the reason. They realized that life was bigger than they were that they couldn't control the rain, they couldn't control the harvest, and so they had to find something bigger than themselves. They went a bizarre route, but they did it. I've also stood before altars that were erected for one purpose, and that was to sacrifice little babies to secure favor from the gods. And I, I can't even wrap my mind around taking a child that was gifted to me and sacrificing it to find favor from God, but they did, and I can't explain the details of it, but I can explain why. Life is bigger than we are, and every single one of us needs to find something bigger than we are and get access to it so that we can deal with and handle with and ultimately live our lives. We're all reaching out to something bigger. Than ourselves. This explains mythology. All of us in school had to study mythology. And if you've ever, I mean, mythology is weird stuff. But what many of us don't understand is that it's truly what people believed about their existence and about their where they came from and about life and and how to live, this mythology stuff. And I mean, people were so desperate to understand and connect with something bigger than they were that they made some strange gods up that helped them to at least make sense out of the world. And, and so you, we kind of bring it to this weekend, that explains Delphi. Delphi, there in Greece, you know, Greek, mytholo- Greek mythology was all about the expression of their bizarre religious beliefs. In fact, Delphi, the city we're looking at right now, the city I was standing in in that video was considered to be the center of the earth to these people. In fact, it gets more interesting than that, you know. When you look at a body front on, what's at the very center of the body? Well, the belly button, right? And they would—they called Delphi the navel of the earth. The navel. They actually built a Stone and put it right there where the navel was supposed to be. It was like this big pillar, like the top of a bullet. And, and I walked by that and I said, Well, obviously, the earth has an ousie. <laughs> and they really did call it the navel. And how they got at that was through their development. You know, Zeus was their big god. And, and Zeus released two eagles in opposite directions. And those two eagles flew and flew and flew. And then they finally met at the center of the world. And guess where that was? Delphi. And so this is the place where heaven and earth met because human beings know that life is bigger than them, that they face challenges that they can't face alone, that there are questions too big for them to know the answers to. And so these people believe that this is where heaven and earth meant this is where they found their something bigger this is the place where they were closest to god and they could make sense out of their world it's bizarre stuff isn't it but it makes sense and what we need to understand is that the fact is that every human being needs something bigger than themselves every one of us in fact The truth that Delphi reveals to me is that, whether we're willing to admit it or not, we all need a word from God. Whether we're willing to admit it, whether we'll put the name God to it, because maybe we don't even believe in the whole God thing, every single one of us is looking for a word from God. We're looking for something that's bigger than ourselves, We're, we're, we're needing help from above. And if we don't find that, then we're forced to walk blind. And we would rather accept some bizarre explanation of where we come from, some bizarre philosophy, something that doesn't even make sense when you look at it logically, like these people did, than to live in a world where we feel lost and small and all alone. And that explains Delphi. You see, without something bigger than ourselves, we're just going to walk confused and frustrated and in darkness and lost. And the Bible actually affirms this reality, that we really do need a word from God if we're going to find life. And without it, we just kind of perish. Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no revelation. The people cast off restraint. I mean, they go crazy, but blessed is he who keeps the law. you might not see it in first reading but the word revelation simply means where there is no word from God where there is a place and a people who have not heard from God they have not seen that God has revealed themselves they don't have a picture of what life is supposed to be about and what life can be about from the one who made it those people cast off restraint in the King James it says they perish It's so true because they have nothing to live for. They walk in confusion and frustration. They just exist. They don't ever really live because we all are too small to face this life alone. We need a word from God. And then it says, but blessed, I mean fulfilled, satisfied are the people who actually know that God's revealed himself, that he's given his word and those people who actually keep it. For me, here's the problem that the city of Delphi highlights. In their desperation... Most people seek their answers from the wrong places, from the wrong sources. I mean, it doesn't take a scholar to look at history and, and all of the, the actions of humanity down through the quarters of time and to figure this thing out. I mean, people have been looking for things to explain their lives, and many of them have gone in bizarre directions. And I don't want you to think that we're any different, because we're not. I mean, the reality is that we're no different here in the 21st century. Life is bigger than we are. We all need something bigger than ourselves. We all need a word from God. And I I know, I know we have Google. I get it. And Google is our go-to. I understand that. But we still need a word from God. Because let me tell you something. Google isn't bigger than life. It's just not. Google is designed by and programmed by people who have no more clue about life than we do. Here's the good news. God is bigger than Google, and God is bigger than life. And any challenge, any question, any storm we'll ever face, God is bigger than. He's the one we're looking for. And when the storms of life do begin raging, and they will, we're going to find ourselves desperate to hear from him. And the key is not to deny the need. There's something I don't need God. That's just for weak people who need a crutch. Yeah, like you. That's just people who are too small to face the challenges. Yeah, like us. I mean, the... The key is not to deny the need. We all have the need. The the key is not to, to walk away and pretend we don't have the struggle. The key is to turn to the right source. The problem in life is that when we have this desperate need for answers, when we have this desperate need for help, when we're looking for that something that's bigger than us, we tend to turn to the wrong source, like the people of Delphi. The key is to turn to the right source. And so here's the application of this weekend. If we're going to experience life at its best, if we're going to truly experience all that God has designed us to experience in this world, then we need a true word from the one real God. We need a true word from the one real God. And here's the good news. We have it, the Bible. This is awesome. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. For you have been born again. He's talking about you. All of us need life transformation. He says, You have experienced life transformation. Your failures are not final. You've been given a new start, not of perishable seed, not because you've believed stuff that people have made up that's temporary and doesn't work, but you have been born again by imperishable seed through the living and enduring Word of God the bible offers what we need look at second timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17 all scripture is god breathed god breathed it out and it's useful for everything we're looking for for teaching for rebuking for correcting for training in the right way of living so that the person of god can be thoroughly equipped for every good work life is bigger than we are but god is bigger than life and he's given us his word to get us through and we just need to open it it's the bible Now, I want to encourage you to know that this weekend, I am not going to give an apology or a defense that the Bible is the Word of God. I've given tons of talks on this. It's an easy talk to give. And there are huge books that have been written to show the accuracy and the reliability of the Bible in spite of what people say about it. I mean, it's crazy. And you're never going to find a book that's ever showing the accuracy and reliability of a drug-induced oracle in delphi you're not going to find books she was right her babblings were awesome look at what she you're never going to do it but you will of the bible the bible truly is legitimately god's word but that's not the point of this weekend's talk The point of this weekend's talk is to tell you that there were people who invested their life's blood and sacrificed everything to get up on the mountainside where the city of Delphi was to get into that temple of Apollo and to ask one question of a young lady who hadn't experienced any of life sitting on a tripod over a hole in the ground that bled up methane where she was in a trance and to hear her give a babbled answer that the priests would interpret and they would go out and live That's what they did And I want to encourage you To stop doing dumb stuff like that And to start doing whatever it takes To simply open the Bible Which is where the true word Of the one real God exists And it can change your life As I mentioned in the video Hey, Okay I mean They would do everything To get her word And we have, many of us, the Bible at close access, and we don't do anything to simply pick it up and read it. I have a Bible on my, multiple Bibles on my iPhone. I have multiple Bibles on my iPad. I have Bibles on my computer. I have like 6,213 Bibles on my bookshelf. I mean, I've got Bibles everywhere, and none of them help me until I pick them up, open them up, and read them and you're in the same place it doesn't make sense that people would sacrifice everything to get a word from a god that doesn't exist and those of us who have his words don't turn to them it's nuts and we've got to change it so this weekend i want to challenge each of us to change it in our lives to pursue the word from god that we so desperately need and to pursue it by making reading the bible a first priority in our lives, to make studying the Bible a first priority in our lives, to make contemplating and meditating on and thinking about the Bible as the first priority of our lives. And then I'm going to say something that's way out there. I, I'm going to challenge you to make memorizing the Bible a part of your life. Now, I know if you're a part of today's educational system, you don't even know what the word memorize means. I get that. But, I mean, I mean, we need to memorize it, make it known. And I, I look, I've been a pastor a long time. I've been a Christian a long time. You know what people always tell me? I, you just don't understand. I just don't, I just don't have the equipment to memorize stuff. I don't have the equipment to memorize stuff. Right. If I started the lyrics of popular songs you'd finish them. Why? Because you have the capacity to memorize stuff. Do you know what lets you know the lyrics of popular songs from whatever generation or genre of music you like? You know what it is? Exposure. You listen to it so much it becomes a part of who you are. Do you know why we don't know God's Word any more than we do? Because we don't expose ourselves to it enough, and yet life is bigger than we are. We're falling apart, and yet God's Word is there, and we've done nothing to memorize it. Some of you you go, you don't understand. I can't memorize it. Oh, yeah? You know every detail. You can quote every detail, every statistic, every record, every issue involved in the last 10 seconds of the Michigan-Michigan State game. You know it all. Everything. And yet you don't know much of God's Word. Why? Because you've given your life to reliving that horrible moment or that great moment, depending on your perspective. And you've not given much of your life to the Bible. This is a huge issue. We need to make the Bible the priority of our lives. We need to pour ourselves into God's word with a greater commitment than those who gave up everything to get a word from the Oracle of Delphi. I have to tell you, and I go through seasons where I, I, I don't pour myself into God's word like I should, and those are always the darker seasons, the more confusing seasons, the more frustrating seasons of my life, but But years ago, I started realizing that I had a true word from the real God and that life was bigger than me and I needed that true word and I started pouring myself into it. And I'm going to tell you, nothing has transformed me more than the Bible. Everything of value in my life stems from the fact that I don't have to look for the someone bigger than my. I know the someone bigger than myself I don't have to look for truth I have truth all I have to do is open it up and then God starts interacting with my life and I want to challenge you to do the same thing and so this weekend what I'm going to do is I'm simply going to challenge you to make the Word of God the priority of your life and I'm going to give you two things about it. I'm gonna share with you the reason you should And it doesn't matter where you are in the spiritual journey, I'm going to share with you the reason that you should start pursuing God's Word, the Bible, as a priority, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating on it, why you should, and then I'm going to share with you the way you should pursue God's Word. I mean, that's the whole talk. The reasons and the way, okay? The reason for making God's Word a priority stems from its benefits, I mean, the ultimate benefits of, of hearing from God and knowing His Word and pouring your life into it is that you'll ultimately experience everything you're looking for and what you need in the good times and in the bad. When you experience life as being way bigger than you and the questions as being way bigger than you and the choices being way bigger than you, when you start experiencing the tunnels of darkness that exist in this world the benefit of pouring yourself into God's Word is that you won't have to go looking for some made up bizarre explanation you'll be able to hear from the one who made you and experience his best the reason for making God's Word a priority well let me just share some of them the first one is faith faith Faith's a big deal you know it takes faith to be alive a lot of people say oh, I don't believe in the whole faith thing really really have you ever sat down on a chair did you know it takes faith to sit down on a chair? If you've ever been with smart aleck coworkers who know how to loosen all the screws on a chair so that when you sit on it, it doesn't hold you up, you know it takes faith to sit in a chair. It takes faith to do everything in this world, but many of us refuse to exercise faith when it comes to the something bigger than us, and so what we do is we actually exercise faith that's more ignorant, less intelligent, less logical, so that we don't have to buy into the simple reality of a God. But the truth is, faith isn't something you can get on your own. I try. I mean, I want faith. I want the faith where I can access God's power, and I want the faith to believe in God. I want the faith to trust His power. I want the faith to be able to step out and believe He can part. I want that kind of faith. But you know, no matter how much I work, I can't get that kind of faith. God's too big. His kind of power is beyond anything I can comprehend. I can't, no matter how hard I try and work, develop a faith to believe in Him. Nor can you. But that's okay, because that's not how you get faith. By mustering up the strength to believe? No, you know where faith comes from? From hearing Him speak. Look at Romans 10 17. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the Word of Christ. Do you know where faith comes from? By opening yourself up to Him speaking. You, you go, well, I, I'll read the Bible when I can start believing in God. Well, you know what? You'll never believe in him. But you start opening the Bible and he'll start breathing faith into you. The great benefit of God's word is that you grow in faith. Come on. Get into it. There's another great benefit when we pour ourselves into God's Word is it's called growth. Growth. I, I have to tell you, one of the 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 biggest Points of sadness in my life, when I inspect the history of my whole journey, one of the biggest points of sadness comes with those seasons of my life where I didn't grow, where I just remained the same, where I just existed in the moments, wasted so much potential, wasted so many opportunities. And you know what I see when I look at the landscape of humanity? Most people don't grow most of their lives. They just exist. One step after another, get up, go to sleep, get up, go to sleep, do the work, do the thing, and they're just existing through the world. Well, what we all need to do is to realize that fullness in life comes when we're growing, when we're becoming, when we're moving forward. And do you know where growth comes from? Growth comes from the author of life, God himself. And one of the great benefits of opening the Bible and pouring yourself into it is growth. Look at First Peter 2.2. 2. As newborn babies... Desire and crave the pure spiritual milk and nutrition that comes from God's Word, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So many people aren't growing up in their salvation. Do you realize in Christ, in your salvation, in a relationship with God, you have everything you need for life and fullness, everything, and yet so many people who know Jesus don't know fullness and don't know fulfillment. Why? Because they haven't grown up in it. Why? Because they haven't craved the pure spiritual milk of God's truth like newborn babies. And it's not saying if you're a baby Christian, if you're a new believer, you need to crave the Bible so you can start growing and becoming like the rest of us. Because a lot of us are going, yeah, these people need to start reading the Bible so they can become a great Christian like me. Like me, I don't forgive anyone and I don't love anyone, but I sing the songs about it. The truth is, this Bible is saying no matter where you're at in your relationship with God, you need to crave God's Word like a baby craves milk, and then you'll keep growing. You know what it's saying? It's saying at 3 in the morning, you should wake up screaming and hollering for someone to bring you a Bible. That's what it's saying. I don't know the person who hungers for God's Word that much, which is why we don't know the person who's growing like they should be growing. The great benefit of pouring yourself into the Bible is growth. I'm tired of being where I've been. I want to go where God wants me. God's Word's the only thing that's going to get me there. Don't you want to go with me? Seriously, let's open this book. You know what else comes as a great benefit of pouring yourself into the Word of God? What comes is, is strength. Now, in ordinary times, you know, even though it's an, it's an illusion that we're doing okay and we're strong enough to keep ourselves breathing and living and all that different stuff, uh, but in normal times, it kind of feels like we can handle life, right? I mean, I can do this stuff. I can handle that. I can deal with that. I can do that. But, you know, life doesn't stay normal very long. And I find when I face temptations that are beyond my experience, I don't have the strength to say no. And I find when I face challenges that are bigger than me, I... I don't have the ability to keep climbing. I mean, I I lack the strength to keep believing, to keep striving, to keep loving, to keep forgiving, to keep becoming. I just lack it. But you know, strength comes from God's Word. Look at Psalm 119, verse 11. I've hidden your Word in my heart. You know what that means, by the way, if we can go back to the beginning of the talk. I've hidden your Word in my heart. What does that mean this person did? They memorized it. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If I could only tell you how many times I've said, God, I just, I just couldn't say no. If I've only could tell you how many times people came and said, I just can't overcome it. I can't say no, I know. We're, life is bigger than us. Temptation is bigger than us. Problems are bigger than us. Despair is bigger than us. It's impossible to keep peace in the midst of the storm because the storm's bigger than us. I get it, but it's not bigger than God. And when we fill our life with his truth, you know what happens? He gives us his strength, which is bigger than any challenge. This is the reason we should make God's word the core of our lives. And you say, well, you know, I'm a mature Christian. I I don't need that. Really? Well, Jesus was the creator of the world, and when he walked as a man on this planet, do you know what he did when he faced temptation and faced darkness? Well, read about it in Matthew 4 sometimes. You know what he did? He turned to the Bible every time, and Satan would tempt him, and he'd say, It is written, and Satan would tempt him, and he'd say, It is written, and Satan would tempt him, and he'd say, It is written. There is only one place we can go to get the strength we need to live in a world that is so much bigger than us, and it's to God himself. And how do we do it? We just simply open the Bible and put it in our heart. If, if we make the Bible our first pursuit, it provides security. What a benefit. We need security. Psalm 37, 31, the law of his God is in his heart, and so what happens? His feet do not slip. Do you know what I find in my life? I find myself slipping all the time. I, I start getting traction and joy. I mean, let's just go through the things we look for. I start getting traction and joy. Getting some joy, getting some joy, getting some joy. Kids are born, slip. Uh, You know Getting some joy Getting some joy Getting some joy Become a pastor Slip I thought pastor Was being the pastor Of a church No people come With that equation Friends Talk about slipping I get some traction in peace, slip. I get some traction in prosperity, slip. I get some traction vocationally, slip. I get some traction in my relationship with God, slip. I mean, I'm like on a slip and slide all the day long. But you know what gives me a foundation I can stand on and hold true in joy and peace and strength and all that stuff with? God's Word. Because when it fills my heart, I don't slip. Have you been slipping lately? Do you know why we need to open God's word as a priority of our lives? Because without it, our feet will slip, but with it, we stand on a solid foundation. Do you know another reason to pursue it? Guidance. Not one of us sees beginning from the end. Not one of us. My, my son recently went to a, a corn maze. A corn maze. Man, people have too much time on their hands. But anyway, he went to a corn maze. These people made a maze in cornfields, Right? And you get in there, and you, you're, you're like a mouse, and this, wrong, 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 wrong. But he has a drone, and so he took the drone up, <laughs> looking down and going, oh, cool. None of us have the ability to see the next move and where it leads in the maze of life. But God sees it like a drone. And when we turn to him, we know which step we can take and which move we can make. And look at Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. All we have to do is every day pour ourselves into God's word and he shines light on the next step and the next step so that we ultimately move in the direction he wants us to move, but we have to pour ourselves into it. And I thought I'd just give a last covering for this whole thing because I might not have spoken to your need yet, You should make pursuing God's Word the priority of your life because look at James 1.25. But the man of God or the man or person who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, God's Word, the Bible, and continues to look into it, not forgetting what God has said but actually living it and doing it, that person will be blessed in what they do. The people who sacrificed everything to get in and hear the oracle, what were they looking for? God's blessing, God's help, God to show up. With all the struggling we do and all the things we go about living our lives to accomplish, what are we looking for? Blessing. And what does it take? Simply opening God's word, not forgetting it, and living it. The bottom line the reason for making the Bible our priority is because in it we find what every single one of us so desperately desperately needs and is looking for. When you open the Bible, you find a word from God, help from above. It's true life is bigger than we are. It's a lot bigger than we are. But it's not bigger than God. The the Bible gives us back the lives that God originally planned for us, lives where we walk through this world hand in hand with our Father. Spending time in the Bible eliminates the confusion and the frustration and the darkness and the fear, and it ensures that even when life is far too big for us to handle, which is every day, it's never too big for the one whose hand we're holding. Because it doesn't matter how old you are, in this world, we're all but little children, lost and all alone, needing to find something bigger than we are. But the good news is God has his hand out, and he's ready to hold ours and lead us through the maze of life, and all we have to do is open God's word. And we experience what it's like to be with him. Man, make the, the Bible your priority. And once you decide, okay, I'm going to pursue it, then I, I want to encourage you to pursue it the right way. I mean, how should we pursue? What, what's the way we should pursue God's Word? What's the good thing? Because a lot of people try and open the Bible, but they never get very far with it. Maybe some of you said, well, I've tried that. Tried it. Didn't work. On the Google. I get it. But you've got to pursue it the right way. And let, let me just explain it to you. And I'm not talking about, you know, all kinds of legalistic tendencies. I'm just, you've just got to pursue it the right way. If you're going to pursue God's word in a way that truly changes your life, you need to pursue it prayerfully. Prayerfully. Look at Psalm 119, one, uh, verse 18 Open my eyes that I may be, see wonderful things in your law. We can't understand the Bible on our own. And this should make sense to you. All of us have areas of academics that we're not exactly good at. For me, it's academics. (laughs) For some of you, it's just areas of academics. You know, like, you, you can hand me a physics book, that's fine. I can read the words. Words. I have no clue what it's talking about. Physics? Look at I've heard Stephen Hawking talk. I have no clue. I mean, he's just brilliant. He's, uh, but here's the thing, it doesn't mean that physics is wrong just because I can't understand it. But if I had someone who understood physics walking me through it, then I could understand it. God is willing to help you understand his truth. It's bigger than you. It's beyond your capacity, but it's not beyond his. And he's willing to open your eyes to it. You just have to ask him, open my eyes that I can start understanding what in the heck you're talking about. That's my prayer. God, really? What the heck? Help me get it. Prayerfully. You know how else you should pursue God's word? You should pursue God's word passionately. Passionately. We have to make it the primary pursuit in life, but... None of us will make something the primary pursuit of our life that we're not passionate about. Do you know why people get married? Really, I mean, the guy gets to the place where he goes, you know, make me the happiest person in the world, be my wife, and the girl says, "Okay." You know that kind. Of, you know why they do it? Then you know why they say "I do." Sickness, health, riches, poor, crap, 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 yada, yada, yada. You know why they do that, right? Passion. Do you know why most marriages don't make it? No passion. They lose it. The last date they had was before the wedding. You know, when you have passion, you're willing to pursue something with your life. And you know what I found? People have passion for music, so they know music. And people have passion for sports, so they know sports. And people have passion for money, so they know money. And people have passion for their business, so they know business. And people have passion for pleasure, so they know pleasure. But they don't have passion for God's word, so they don't know God's word. And that's why the world is falling apart around us. We need to get passion for God's word. Look at Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, blessed, fulfilled, satisfied, fully alive is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight, his passion is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, and that person, because their passion is in the words of God. It becomes like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do and whatever times they're doing it in, they prosper. You should pursue God's word passionately. Passionately. I mean, many of us, you know, it's like a throw the dice. You know, I guess the weather's not good enough to do anything else. We could go to church today. Maybe. Many of us, you know, well, I don't have anything else to do. I guess I could read the Bible. Nah, I'll rewatch Breaking Bad. We need to pursue God's word passionately because I'm going to tell you something. Life is bigger than you are and you're going to come against the raging storms that come into all of our lives and it's then that you'll either slip or stand firm. It's then that you'll either live or die and it all depends upon what you've done with God's word because you need a word from God. These days we have an app for everything that's important to us. We have an app for everything we all have our go-to apps right and if if we could get on each other's phones we'd know exactly what we're passionate about some of you your go-to app is weather wow it's fall jeans and a sweater you know seriously some of you your go-to app sports okay whatever Michigan's still lost. Some of you, your go-to apps music. Some of you, your go to apps health. Don't I don't get that one at all. But anyway, yeah, you go to it's about running and <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, cool. Favorite apps recipes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yelp. Some of you, your favorite app's Google. I probably turn to Google more than anything else. You know, I mean, I can't watch a movie without saying, who is that I know that person? Oh, yeah, that's who they are. And look at who their kids are. And then I miss the movie and have to watch it again. I mean, it's like we have our favorite apps. It's time we get an app for opening God's Word. It's time that we make God's Word our go-to app. And I have got good news for you. There's a great one. There's a great one, and it's the one I use. It's really helped me to stay more consistent in my Bible reading. It comes from a, a church pastored by a guy I know. They're doing great things around the world, and I just really can't encourage you enough. You need to get this app. It's called Uversion. You can put it on your phone. You can put it on your tablet. You can get it on your computer. It's, and you're going to love this. I know you're Christians. I, I've seen, you know, the offerings around here. It's free. I thought that was funny, actually. I don't know if you did. <laughs> I appreciate all, the, all of you who do give. Those three of you, you're awesome. Thank you so much. It's, it's a free app. And you, you know what it, it, it allows you to do? It allows you to open the Word of God in a moment, in a flash. There's ways to read it. There's ways to study it. And there's, there are plans. You can see on the left the third tab down, plans. I have this year. I don't do it every year. This year I'm reading through the Bible in a year, and it helps me process my reading every single day. I know when I've missed. I know when I'm ahead. It's just unbelievable. And you know, when you open this more than Google or the weather app, or your sports app and this starts becoming the priority in your life and in your day. You know what starts happening. You start hearing from God and you start experiencing life as it was meant to be experienced. Why not make this your app? You can go to bible.com app or to any app store and you can get it for free. Please let's start opening the Word of God because if we don't we become in our own 21st century way as foolish as the people who sacrificed everything to climb up a mountain to a temple to go into where a young lady was in a trance giving babbling answers to questions that we asked, and then we adjust our lives to them and it gets us nowhere when all the while all we have to do is open the Bible and get a real word of truth from the real God and it will change our lives and there's one last way we should pursue God's word purposefully purposefully we have to pursue it with a resolve to obey look at James chapter 1 verse 22 do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says do what it says you know the amazing thing to me when I stood there in Delphi and understood the stories these people wouldn't just sacrifice everything to get to that temple and to ask the one question and to get the answer. These people then would do everything it took to do what the oracle said. It's about time that we do everything we can to adjust our lives to what God has said because then we'll experience what we're looking for. Life with the Father guiding us, securing us, empowering us to experience life and life to the full and when we have that life we're not desperate anymore we're finally living as we were designed to live just before we go into worship would you bow with me in a word of prayer and I want to encourage you that our regional campuses you here at Plymouth you watching on demand just in this moment, pray. For those of you at one of our live campuses, we have prayer teams. And I believe some of you are being challenged that, boy, I'd like to have a relationship with God, and our prayer team can introduce you to how you can know Jesus. And and some of you have questions about the Bible, or you'd like someone to pray with you. And so when we dismiss after worship, everybody's leaving, all you have to do is come forward in our campus environment, sit in the front seats, and Our prayer team will come, and they'll help deal with you in a spiritual way that's appropriate to your need. If you want to communicate with us about anything in your life, we have in our programs a connection card. You can just write down things, ask questions, put it in the boxes as you leave, and, and then one of our team will love to get with you and help you take your journey of faith. But if you're watching online, just hit the What Next button. We'll do the same thing for you. Would you pray with me? God in heaven, I thank you so much. That you've given us exactly what we need, your word, and I pray that we would start doing what we need, pursuing it as the priority of our life and pursuing it in the right way. And I ask as a result, you'd help us to experience your promises unfold in our lives so we can experience both life and fullness, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.